Welcome back to the podcast. I'm Sean Boyce, the founder of Podcast Chef. I'd like to welcome my guest and friend to the show today, Lisa Peskin. Hi, Lisa. How are you? Hey. I'm doing well, Sean. It's such a pleasure to be back. Yeah, it's very exciting to record another episode. Thank you for making the time, of course. And before we go into too much uh, more detail, I'd love for you to give a little bit more information about your background for our listeners. Well, I've been in sales and sales leadership for 35 years. And although I thought I was going to be a doctor than a psychologist, my true passion is helping individuals, groups, and entire companies grow their sales, whether by increasing close ratios, increasing average sales, but ultimately it's all about driving the numbers. I know that well, and nobody does that better than you, Lisa. So that's why we're excited to have you here. Thank you. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing. Uh, if you could talk to us a little bit more about your business and what you do in business. Sure, absolutely. So after many years of doing this in corporate America, I started my own business in 2003 with the sole purpose of driving sales performance, helping those average performers be good, the good ones be great, and the great ones turning them into sales superstars. And whether we're working with sales professionals or non-selling professionals, lawyers, accountants, architects, engineers, or I know a lot of you are consultants and coaches, it's all about getting more clients in the pipeline and keeping those clients and then getting new ones. And how do we totally drive our revenue? So I built a business on really figuring out how to help anybody that's in sales or business development be better and maximize their performance potential. Love it. Very important stuff. Always working on it myself for the various businesses I've been involved with. And I know we've talked quite a bit about that. So you've got a lot of exciting information and knowledge and experience to share on those topics. So let's dive right in. Uh, business development first, uh, since obviously that's an area of expertise for you uh, to, to quite an extent, I will say. And that's so for our show and for Podcast Chef as well, we're looking to speak obviously directly to some of those concerns for you know people like you and I, the consultants and coaches. So around that realm, anything specific to those audiences obviously is preferred. And that's also who we're creating the show for as well. But we'd love to hear you talk more about what is the latest in you know effective business development strategies. Give us uh, give us the the best advice that you have. Well, it's so interesting that you just asked me what the latest is. What I really fundamentally think is the key to being successful in sales and business development and growing your coaching business or your consulting business is to truly have a game plan, right? And so I'm finding so many people out there just kind of wing it every day. They check their voicemail, they check their email, they see what appointments are on the calendar, but there's no true rhyme or reason to what they're doing to really truly grow their business. And I've never played football a day in my life, but how many coaches other than back in the day in Philadelphia, Rich Cotite, will come into a football game without a game plan? So the first thing I'm going to say is a true fundamental that everybody's got to be doing is get your 30, 60, 90 day game plan together. And what does that entail? Well, it entails reverse engineering. So figuring out what you want to make 
and then figuring out what you need to do in order to make that amount of money. Because no matter what type of business we're in, this is truly a numbers game. So once we figure out how much we want to make, we look at our existing clients and figure out how much repeat business. Then we figure out what we could potentially do to either work with more people within their company or more people that they know upsell and cross-sell. And then we know how much new business we need to bring in. And then we reverse engineer to figure out what are the larger opportunities, the grand slams, the singles, the doubles, the triples, home runs, and figure out how what activities you need to be doing on a daily and weekly basis to drive your numbers. So the very first thing is come up with a game plan. The second thing is when it comes to sales success, and Sean, if you've got a fourth, you'll let me know, but I whittled down success to three areas. One, filling up that pipeline with good qualified opportunities on a consistent basis. So that's keeping our existing business, right? Upselling and cross-selling like I was just talking about and getting the net new business in the door. Second, number two, is having a good process. So once you've got a suspect or prospect or center of influence in front of you, what's the process that you take them through? And the last but the most important and the one that seems to be the downfall of so many coaches and consultants is attitude and motivation. Am I willing to do what it takes to be successful? Am I committed to doing it day in and day out? Because in the beginning, it's not so easy to build this business. And we're going to get way more no's than we are yeses. And you need to be mentally strong. So true. I love the fact that you started describing it from the perspective of a routine. I don't know if we've talked about this before, but I have a technical background. So way back when, a million years ago, I studied engineering. And what was great about that, but is quite different in business was how tactical it could be when you're developing your plan. And you always have a plan, right? Just like you described it. Um, But that shouldn't be different as you also articulated it when it comes to effective business development, right? Starting with a plan. The other thing you mentioned that I think a lot of people could learn a lot from is starting with kind of the end goal in mind, right? What do you want your goals to be, right? And work backwards from there. I feel like a lot of people, myself included, when we were especially first starting out, we started without, not just without a plan, but also not really with an end goal in mind, right? So in terms of figuring out tactically, how do we get there? That might not even been possible based on what we were trying at the moment. So you're like day to day doesn't support these goals that you have. And you may not even know that if you haven't gone through the process of developing a plan or setting those goals. It's critical. And just that one little thing could have such a major impact setting very clear activity goals and result goals. And every activity needs a corresponding result and vice versa. Every result, you need to reverse engineer to the activity because truly there is a direct correlation between the activity and the results. And one of my favorite words when it comes to everything that we're talking about is purposeful. So many people do activity for activity's sake. Oh, I should be doing a little of this. I should be doing a little of that. But they're not necessarily looking at what they want to accomplish from those particular activities. And that does come down to the process. Excellent point there as well, too. I've heard a recent phrase described in a book that I read called the one-page marketing plan, uh, which you may be familiar with. And it was described as random acts of marketing. That's what 
you know, similarly, or that's what reminded me about what you just said there. And it's so true. I've been there myself where I'm like, I should do that, or I should do this. And then you do it and you don't build it. You don't build the infrastructure for it, number one, or you don't do it consistently enough to know whether or not it worked. So that truly falls into that category of random acts of marketing. Like you said, it wasn't purposeful. It really should be. And you have no way to measure your progress, yeah. right? So smart goal that doesn't get measured is just a SART goal. And that's just such a corny joke for us business development people. But, you know, it's true. If it's not getting measured and um, so many, so many individuals don't understand what the numbers are. They don't understand the metrics. I just wrote a blog on autumn, right? Assess the situation, understand, right? And I, I took the whole acronym out, but so many people don't understand what they should be measuring and what are the key critical business indicators that are going to help them drive to their ultimate goals. Excellent. Love it. Next question is, and this is this is how I define this. I'd be curious to know whether or not you have a particular way that you describe it as well, too, especially for consultants and coaches and those solopreneurs out there, those small teams, right? Especially as we're getting started, or even for those that have been doing it for a while now, say years at least, when you start, you know, conducting business development activities, once it starts to produce, you start to land contracts, new gigs, new clients. You get busy on the operation side. You get busy delivering the service that you set out to get, right? You found those clients. That's great. Now you're busy. And then that starts to threaten the time and effort you were putting into those business development and marketing activities. And then you wind up in this like cyclical nature of you're really busy because you've landed a bunch of clients. You stop doing your business development and marketing. And then eventually those engagements end for better or for worse. And now you have a lull and you have to kind of start over again. So it's like this start stop process. I've been referring to this as the consulting trap. A, I'd be curious to know if you have a name for that because I wouldn't be surprised if you not only have a name, but a better name. <laughs> but number two, what's your best advice for solving that? That is a million dollar question. And I find it so much when I'm working with, again, non-selling professionals that are responsible for not only bringing in the client, but the fulfillment. So whether it's a lawyer, accountant, architect, engineer, consultant, coach, it's all the same thing. So what happens is here we started out with a full pie of you know, we have all this time to go focus on filling our pipeline. And as we get busier, the pie gets smaller and smaller. And now we might be down to just this amount of time for business development. So now we've got to figure out what is the smartest use of that time? And a lot of what we do to grow our practices can be done in conjunction with all this other work that you're doing. And the concept I have, we've spoken about it before, is squeeze the lemon. So how do we truly squeeze the lemon, get the most juice out of everything? So if I'm already speaking with an existing client of mine, and they say, oh, my God, Lisa, thank you so much. My business has grown substantially and I owe a lot of that to you. I might turn that into an ask for a referral or, oh, my gosh, can I use what you just said and use it on my website? Can I quote you? Would you be able to do a, a test LinkedIn or video testimonial for me? Or could you possibly put 
the LinkedIn recommendation. And by the way, all this stuff I'm going through, I actually have some tools. It's called a client visit checklist or a networking visit checklist. But so many times while we're talking to our existing clients, we can get so much information that will help us grow. And by the way, the smartest way for us to grow our business is through our referrals and through leveraging our existing clients because our close ratio is going to be a lot higher. So net net to answer your question, we got to have a game plan with this amount of time. And the key to keeping consistent results is consistent activity. So now we got to get smarter about our activity, but we can't just take our foot off the pedal because if we take our foot totally off the pedal, then what happens is the pipeline dries up. Psychologically, it's not easy. Then you start pushing again and we start having this in our business. Something you said as part of that response that I really want to reinforce, and it was the activities you did to get you there should be ones you should also be able to do when you are there. That's an excellent way to describe it, I think, because you need to not think of it as like a phase or a box to check, right? Business development and marketing is a continuous process that you should always be investing into, looking for opportunities to improve, so on and so forth. Very similar to the value proposition that we build a podcast chef. Reason why you know we are offering podcasting as a service for consultants and coaches is because that can be done you know, as part of your current process, right? And the whole idea behind building that was to make it the uh, the smallest amount of additional time that needs to go into what you're already doing, right? So it helps support your your current, you know, growing efforts. I could have said it better myself, Sean. You, you said it perfectly because if we do that on a consistent basis, and again, it's getting back to the beginning of this conversation, the numbers, So one of the key metrics that everybody's got to know is how many net new appointments do you need to have with prospective clients on a monthly or weekly basis to make your numbers? So the smartest way for me to get those net new appointments is through referrals, right? But we're going to use, you know, if we have a podcast, that's a fabulous way to start getting people coming to the website and starting to engage with us. But you got to look at what's working, what's not working. And another thing is, let's track what's working. So in your CRM or whatever you're tracking, see where the business is coming from, because that's going to help guide you as far as the smart activities you need to do in order to keep the activity levels and the result levels consistent. Fantastic advice as always. Thank you much, Lisa. And I wanted to talk about an exciting development on your end as well too, which I can't wait to dive into myself. You have a new book available that we'd love to talk a little bit more about. So back when I started in sales in 1986, I didn't know what I know 35 years later. And I wish back then someone wrote a book for me, but I, and there was, there was all these sources. I would go to the store and I'd buy these cassette tapes of Zig Ziglar, Tom Hopkins, Brian Tracy, and I'd be asking salespeople, but I would have loved a book that kind of told me all the things that I had to learn over the past 35 years. And believe me, I probably made every mistake in the book. So I wrote a book and it's called 
I'll be Vanna White for a second, but it's called a sales success workbook, but it could have been entitled what I wish they told me in 1986 when I started in sales, because I wanted to write something that would have everything that I wish I, I knew back then. And not only that, but I'm not a big believer in recreating the wheel. So I've developed all these tools over the past 35 years that I want to share. And I just turned 60. So I'm constantly thinking about what if today was my very last day? Where is my legacy? So I've spent the past 15 years working on this workbook and it is a self-paced workbook. So someone can go through it themselves and get everything, but it's got a ton of the tools as well. And so it's, it's nice to know after 15 years, it's finally completed. And I have a lot of people to thank to get this done because my thinking is, oh, there's always something else that I could be putting in the book. So that's kind of why I was holding off on uh, completing it. But um, it's done and I'm pretty proud of it. And hopefully if anybody that goes through it, find one thing that they can implement that's going to help them drive their sales. That's kind of a good legacy. Couldn't agree more. That's very exciting. Congratulations. Lisa, I've consumed a ton of your material. It's all fantastic. I couldn't encourage people here more to go get a copy of the book, uh, learn all that you can from uh, the amazing advice from Lisa. Uh, I can't wait to dive into it myself. So thank you for sharing that. And uh, before we go too much further, you know, I want to thank you for taking the time to be a guest on our episode. Again, uh, it's just fantastic having you here, always learning from all of your expert advice as pertains to business development and marketing. Uh, before we let you go, last question I have for you is who should reach out to you and how can they get in touch? So first of all, thank you so much. I could probably spend hours and hours talking to Sean about all this. So it, it was so much fun for me. As far as getting in the touch with me, first thing, make sure you link in with me, Right. And so find me on LinkedIn, but also the website is businessdevelopmentuniversity.com. I've got something called resources and BD utensils. And a lot of those tools that I was just talking to you about are available free on the website. And we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, we're on Facebook, but start with getting in touch with me directly. And if I can help you in some way, I'm always willing to have a conversation, whether you're an individual contributor or whether you've got a team of consultants or coaches, it's all about getting to be the very best version of yourself as you can be. And I'm going to leave you with one thought and one message, figure out what your triage areas are. Figure out what three areas that if you improved upon will have the biggest impact on performance. Because once you figure that out, then you'll get from wherever you are to the very next level. Succinct but powerful as always. Thank you so much, Lisa. We will include links to all those resources that you provided in the show notes for this episode. And thanks a ton for, for coming on. Thank you so much, Sean. It's been a pure pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you have suggestions for future episodes or would like to be a guest on our show, please send us an email at support at podcastchef.com. Before we go, we'd like to thank the sponsor of our show, Podcast Chef. Podcast Chef helps turn ordinary podcasting into a revenue generating lead magnet for your business. Our podcasting done for you service takes away the headache of starting up and running your own podcast. Reach out now to take advantage of our 30 day money back guarantee. 
Visit us at podcastchef.com to find out how our team of experts can help you leverage podcasting to take your business to the next level. Hey, you. Yes, you. It's uh, 2024 and you don't have a podcast yet. Or maybe you do, but you're struggling with it. Uh, we will talk to you about that uh, for free. We'll help you figure out uh, where you might be stuck, uh, whether or not we can help you for sure. But also, uh, if you don't have one yet, what are the like first five things you can do? Uh, what are some great angles that you can use to make sure that your podcast was sustainable as you start to develop that moving forward? Uh, those consults are free. So reach out at the link below uh, in the show notes or email me at brian at podcastchef.com. Thanks. Hi, this is Brian. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, our website, podcastchef.com, has a ton of useful information about how to best leverage podcasting to help you solve some of your business goals and challenges. You can also schedule a demo uh, where we can show you how specifically Podcast Chef and our team can help you with some of your podcasting goals. Thanks. Thanks.